Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour with your host, Sam Leibowitz. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Ah, it's another beautiful, glorious, rainy spring morning in New York City. Um, It was actually a wonderfully sunny spring weekend, and I got sunburned, so I'm very happy that it's raining today. I know everybody else is grimacing and cursing this rain, but without the rain, we don't have the flowers that come in springtime. And it's one of those things just to be aware of the natural flowing essence of nature, that it takes all these things, the wind, the rain, the snow, the sleet, It all makes up our environment, and instead of fighting it, we should embrace it, and it's a lot more fun to dance in the rain than to just keep complaining about it. So, I have a wonderful show in store for you with another amazing guest, but of course, first, let's get to the quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First, from the universe. Sometimes I laugh so hard it starts a hurricane in the heavens. Sometimes I grin so wide it causes earthquakes on distant planets. And sometimes when I feel so happy I could float, worlds are born, continents rise, and oceans surge. But never, ever, ever do I lay so much as a finger on planet Earth. Because there, my work is long over and yours has just begun. Ho, 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 the universe. Ah, universe is giving us a present today of the entire planet. And it's what we shall make of it this time around. Okay, let's see what Abraham has today. You cannot find someone, even if they deserve it, as your enemy and stay connected with who you are at the same time because your source will not take sides like that. No one can stay connected to source energy and push hard against someone else. There are these battles that are fought in the name of God and all of these prayers that say God is on our side and we say God is not on your side nor is God on the side of those who you fight against you, those who fight against you. God does not take those sides. Abraham. Hmm, interesting. A very interesting quote today from Abraham because, you know, people sometimes have a hard time of... uh, the law of attraction and they think, oh no, but like, yeah, like this is great, but no, that that person is wrong and this person is wrong and no, we have to have the war on drugs and the war on poverty and the war on this and the war on that. And what we don't realize is that the harder and harder and harder we push against something, the stronger and stronger and stronger the opposing forces resist our pushing. Indeed, almost any war just creates a more fervent resistance on the other side. There is nothing to be at, quote-unquote, at war on. Now, 
Does this mean that we don't want to have mass abundance for the entire planet? Of course not. But that's being for something, not against something. And this is one of the real key distinctions that in our minds and in our hearts, that once we make them, suddenly our whole life changes. Because the more we push against what we don't want, where are we focusing our energies? We're focusing it on what we don't want. But the more we focus our energies on what we do want, the more we focus our energies on building a positive future, creating health and healing for the planet, for creating new solutions, for finding better and better ways to to farm, to clean the atmosphere, to get rid of toxins and poisons in the planet. The more we look for solutions, the more we find amazing things that sometimes even our own imagination couldn't have come up with. But the more we say, ooh, this is bad, we have to do something about it, and ooh, that's bad, we have to do something about it, and oh, that's horrible, we have to definitely outlaw that. What happens when we outlaw anything? (laughs) There gets to be more and more and more of it. I mean, didn't we learn this from prohibition? God, I mean, drinking was up ridiculously high when we outlawed alcohol. It actually kind of subsided once it was legal again. I mean, yeah, of course, there was a little bit of joyful revelry afterwards, but eventually things kind of calmed down and they went back to kind of normal. I mean, there's not to say that some people don't overindulge. There are always going to be people who overindulge in everything, even food. But if we stop trying to make things illegal and push against stuff and make things wrong... And focus on just things that are working and making things better. That's when the light is with us. That's when source travels through us and gives us incredible insights. And we can accomplish amazing, amazing things. Because after all, the universe just, you heard the universe before. They just granted us the entire planet for us to do with what we want. So why don't we do something amazing and stop worrying about creating more laws to prevent people from doing what they're going to do anyway. So, a wonderful way to start off our week with uh, some amazing quotes. And following those quotes, we're going to bring on an amazing guest. Kim Addis is an MBA and she's president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching and uh, creator of this journal journal engine software that she created with a partner. She's an author, speaker, entrepreneur, coach, and mother of five. To me, that's her biggest accomplishment to date. Mother of five like trumps all else because if you're raising five kids, you are a master manager and juggler. Uh, Kim is one of North America's foremost experts on performance through the focus of the mind and thought mastery. By using her unique process of coaching, she works with clients who are determined to achieve outstanding goals and helps them examine and shift their thinking in order to yield extraordinary results. Kim trains and certifies hundreds of coaches annually in the art of journal-based coaching with a focus on mindset and mental toughness. 
Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Kim. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. I love listening to you. That was great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So, so you have to tell me, how old are, are these, this uh, tribe you have of five kids? <laughs> the youngest is 15, and she's a girl. The rest uh, are boys, and they ooh. go in age from uh, 16 all the way to 21. Wow. Wow. You really had a busy life, haven't you? Well, I'll admit they're not all mine from birth, but they are all definitely oh. mine. I was remarried, and uh, my husband had three kids, and uh. he had full custody of them. And so now we're all together full-time under one roof, and it's, and it's quite the experience. <laughs> so it's a mini Brady Bunch then. That's right. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. So, so Kim, I'm, I'm curious, like when you were a little girl growing up, did you say, Mommy, Mommy, when I grow up, I like want to change people's minds and be a coach and do all that other interesting stuff? You know, I remember quite specifically somebody asking me when I was about seven, mm -hmm. uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I uh, didn't have a really great intelligent answer. But uh -huh. what I did say is I want to help people. Oh. Um, and I don't know how that came out because that wasn't a cool thing to say at the time. Right. But that's right. what did come out of me. Wow. Awesome. So, so you kind of were always uh, you were. I bet you were one of those kids like me who, like, all your friends used to come to you and like confide in you with their problems and what was going on in their life, and you would like offer sage advice even at a young age. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in high school, I uh. had friends who were. In every different type of group, you know, we had yeah. the preppy group, right. the the, uh, the jocks, the stoner group, right. the, uh, like all the different groups. Right. And uh, I was friends with all of them and had special kind of private relationships with people in all of those groups. And they definitely came to me mm. for uh, for sharing their stories. And it was, I was a safe place to talk. Mm. Cool, cool. So I take it since you got an MBA, you were thinking, uh, you know, as you're getting out of school that you're going to go into business and, uh, you know, probably work for some large company or something? You know what? I had no idea. I'll tell you, though, uh, before I went for my MBA, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Uh, so okay. I love coaching. Absolutely. It's definitely a passion, but I'm an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And before I went to do my MBA, I owned a business, a balloon business, and we used to go into halls on weekends and decorate their halls with balloons oh. uh, for weddings, bar mitzvahs, parties, right, that type right, of thing. Right, and gotcha. I, I mean, I was literally 20, 21 when I ran that business. Oh, wow. And I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to apply for an MBA. If I get in, then I'll go do my MBA. And if I don't, I'll grow my balloon business. Oh. So my nature is to be kind of industrial, entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have that spirit in me. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So you got in to do your MBA. Did 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 you still keep the balloon business on the side, or you you, you shut no, it down? No, into no, no, no. We sold we sold it off. Oh, you sold it. So you yeah. sold your first business at like the age of twenty one. Uh, yeah, I was about twenty two at that so time. Twenty two. Wow, yeah. oh, that's a great accomplishment. Selling your first business at twenty two. That's amazing. It wasn't exactly you know a multi million dollar company, no. but we did okay. No, but you know, see, that's the point. You see, and this is uh, like I I also work with entrepreneurs and people all the time, and this is the point. It's like you think, okay, I'll sell a company and that's it. I'll retire the rest of my life. No, you know, if it's in your blood, it's like you sell a company. You know, as long as you make a profit, as long as you didn't lose money, you're doing fantastic. Fantastic! You're doing better than like ninety percent of the people out there, and then That's it's like, true. okay, what's the next adventure? 
you know, because, you know, you, when you're an entrepreneur, it's like there's got to be another problem to solve. There's got to be another great thing, another great idea. And, and so, yeah, you sell a business, you go on to the next one. And maybe if you've made enough money, then you use that to fund the next business. If you didn't make enough to do it that way, you find another way to do it. But, yeah, I mean, I tell people all the time, I've been involved with half a dozen different businesses. All but one of them I consider successful because... Um, either I sold the business and, and didn't lose any money on it, or I shut down the business without any debt. So to me, that's successful. Now, there was one there business <laughs> there was one business that kind of didn't quite end up that way. And so, the, you know, that's my one quote-unquote failure, which means it was my biggest education. But, you know, it doesn't mean that like every business I sold, you know, you made millions of dollars. But just even that process of selling it is a huge education. Oh, 100%. Um, I sold a second business after that, and it was after uh, my my ex-husband and I ran that company together. Uh, and when we decided to split up, we were uh, we thought we could work together, but that was a horrible mistake, and I ended uh, up uh, selling that company, too. And, man, it was one of the hardest experiences of my life. Wow, I bet. What kind of business was that? We used to own an assessment company, and we used to build oh. simulation-based assessments to help oh. large companies make hiring decisions. Oh, interesting, interesting. So you'd been in the technology field already. Now I get where That's this right. journal engine software comes from. Okay. Well, you know what? It's, it's time for us to take our first commercial break. When we come back, I want to just find out how exactly you got into this whole idea of coaching and uh, kind of talk about what uh, you've discovered in the process that has made you be so effective in helping so many people to be successful. Okay? Perfect. Great. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Join us, Alan Seinfeld and myself, The Mob, as we co-host the 9th Annual World Peace Earth Day Celebration, Thursday, April 23rd, from 6.30 to 10.30 p.m. A conscious community gathering with seven world leaders having a panel discussion. There will be indigenous ceremonies, live performances, and community participation. That's Thursday, April 23rd, from 6.30 to 10.30 p.m. at St. John's Lutheran Church, 81 Christopher Street, near 7th Avenue. Doors open at 6 p.m. with a 6.30 pre-show. 
For tickets and info, go to www.planetheart.org. That's www.planetheart.org. Or email info at planetheart.org. Come on down. TalkingAlternative.com Every cell is transforming And we turn into original concepts to construct And then I started to shapeshift And the animals within me grew tails and talons I hitched you right on the back of a whale To the darkest of the ocean and ate off the bottom And then I traveled dimensions In the places I rode upon elephants and zebras and welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And uh, for those of you who are wearing, uh, interested in that music, that is an amazing new band that I recently discovered called uh, Nako and Medicine for the People. Um, they, they're not very well known yet. They, they play a lot in the West Coast and Florida, I think, the, and, and Hawaii. They travel around a lot, but really interesting musicians. I highly recommend you check them out. So Nako and Medicine for the People. We use a few of their songs on different shows. Anyway, uh, so Kim. Um, so you, you've, uh, entrepreneur, you've had obviously, you know, more than one business in your lifetime. What, uh, kind of drew you to the idea of, of helping other entrepreneurs and, and actually starting to coach people on how to be more successful? Well, one of the things that we discovered in our second business when we um, owned the assessment company, mm-hmm. we tested hundreds of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And the goal of those, all that testing was to help companies make better hiring decisions. In other right. words, we were testing to see who would be a top performer in any industry. Mm-hmm. We tested their personality, their IQ, their skill sets. And what we discovered was very interesting is that no matter what industry they were in and no matter what job they were looking for, there was one key characteristic that was more important in determining or predicting high levels of success over any other factor. And that was their degree of emotional resilience. Oh, interesting. So so this is more than just like a Myers-Briggs assessment or like a DISC assessment? That's right. So it was Uh, like a three-pronged approach. It was a personality test, Uh an IQ test, and a simulation-based assessment where a person got to play the role of the job they were looking for. Mm. And they would uh, step into that role and take actions as if they were that person and we would track their actions and then compare it with top performers gotcha and and when you say like emotional resilience was the most important factor what exactly do you mean by emotional resilience so emotional resilience has to do with thinking and it has mm-hmm. to do with your ability to bounce back from adversity with great mm-hmm. speed and agility okay. but over and above that it's leveraging the adversity doing something good mm-hmm. with it okay so it's it's actually being able to be creative in the moment and and take an adversity and turn it into an opportunity opportunity yeah that's right and and so and and this you found through this sort of a simulation that you did yeah this is what we found through the data that we collected Uh, of all these people who were taking these tests to go for different jobs hmm. now so so what's interesting is that that played one huge role in my decision to 
jump into coaching. Gotcha. But there was another piece, which was that I was married for 15 years, had a mm. really, really rough divorce. Mm. And what I did in order to handle that divorce was I did a lot of journaling. Ah. So I would literally just write down my emotions, my feelings, my anger, my frustration, my worries, my fears, my disappointment, my self-doubt, whatever it was that I was feeling. And for me, the journaling was almost like a source of oxygen for me, mm, right? It was just gave me the gotcha. chance to decompress, let out all that pent-up emotion and right. redirect myself. And so I would literally get everything out and then always at the end of every journal I would say, okay, here's what I want. Here's where I'm going. Here's what I'm heading. Here's the guy I want to be with instead. Here, let me describe him. Here's what I want for my life. Here's how I want to live. And so what I realized is the journal piece was so huge in terms of helping me heal and get over that tough time. Right, right. I see. I see. And it wasn't necessarily you were writing down like this is what happened in my day. It was more like what was sort of the emotional ride you were on. Yeah, I mean, it could be. Right. It could be here's what happened and here's the emotion react, you know, uh, about that right. occurrence. But it wasn't, you know, a, a moment by moment, hour by hour account of what I was doing. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. And um, uh, had you started journaling because, you know, you, you read it somewhere, you had heard from somebody else, or just kind of like naturally it's like, yeah, I, I just I, need I to always, I always did that ever since I was, uh, like, ever since I was a kid and then a teenager uh, when I had, you know, a guy that I liked who never knew I existed, that kind of thing, <laughs> right? It was just a way for me to express myself. Uh, um, and And so what made me jump into coaching is the realization that, the coaching world is primarily formulated to help people reach goals. Right. And it's formulated in such a way that the coach helps the client create a plan mm -hmm. with a series of actions that will right. help the person reach their goals. Except right. that nowhere does, in, the, in that formula, does the coach help the client build their emotional resilience mm -hmm. that we now know is so crucial for massive success. Right. I, I'm, I'm just curious, and I don't know if you collected this data when you were doing your, your assessment simulations, but did the people who had, had emotional resilience, was it something that was just kind of natural for them? Or like, how are these people who had like had a lot of challenges in their life, so they kind of developed it over the years? No, um, it, it, it's neither. It's oh. Some people are naturally more resilient, right. and some people learn to be resilient. Uh. And it's not because they've had a lot of adversity, because some people who have had a lot of adversity, they're beaten down and they stay yes. down. Yeah, that's so true. it's something that they build over time. It's like a muscle. Right. It's literally like... Imagine you want to have great abs, you go and you do sit-ups. Right. It's the same kind of concept. Right. Right. If you want to have a high degree of emotional resilience, it's a muscle that you can build. Some right. people have naturally good abs, right. but it's the same exact concept. So, so once you found that this is a, a real key ingredient, um, how did you kind of research like what things you could do to build emotional resilience without kind of tearing you down? Because as you said, you know, when you're up against challenges continually, continually, that can, you know, spiral down into all kinds of bad things. But it, it, I guess if you do it in the proper way, like you say, it's like you're, you're in the gym building that muscle day by day and it gets stronger, not weaker over time. So emotional resilience or strong emotion, emotional resilience 
is really a reflection of the way a person thinks. Mm. So uh, I'll put it to you in a different way. What the way you think or how you think Mm -hmm. will determine what you can achieve. Right, absolutely. So your interpretation, your perspective of what's happening around you will determine whether you have a good experience or a bad experience. Mm. It will determine if you're having fun or having a horrible time. It will determine mm. if you're able to leverage the adversity or if you sink down. Right, yeah. One, one of the other hosts on this network, Aurea, who, who does a show on sort of consciousness and stuff, he, he likes to say we're meaning-making machines. And that, yeah, that's true. And that, like, you know, whatever situation we come to, we make some meaning from it. So I guess what you're saying is, is that when you make a meaning from a situation that I'm assuming is empowering or is is positive in some way, that that um, creates a much better uh, frame of mind or creates a, a, a just a whole um, attitude that that builds us up instead of tears us down. That's absolutely right, except making meaning out of things is very conscious, right? right. It's very, it, you know, it, it's very tangible, it's very active. Making meaning is active. Right. The issue is that a lot of the meaning we make mm-hmm. is inactive or unconscious. We're doing it without really being aware of what we're doing. Right. We're and kind of following so they, our patterns and our programming from, like, you know, how we were brought up to what society has told us over life, um, rather than kind of stepping back and, and taking a, a conscious look at things and saying, well, for us, what does this mean? Exactly. And so, really, what happens is that we grow up mm-hmm. with a series of messages and, that get deposited into our system and those messages will determine our view of the world. Mm. They will form beliefs for mm. us that right. de- determine whether or not it's easy for us to succeed and thrive or whether by their very nature hold us down. Right, 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 right. Yeah, because if we believe that the world is against us, and then even if we do well against a challenge, then you know, oh, there's another challenge, there's another challenge, because the world's against me, the world's against me. Well, right. But let, let me give you a very, very simple, tangible example, okay. one that maybe your listeners can relate to, to on some level, and one that's not so out there or ethereal. Okay. So the other day I went shopping with my daughter. She's 15, mm-hmm. and uh, she bought, brought a whole bunch of clothes into the dressing room, and I sat outside the dressing room while she was trying on clothes. And right outside, like, there was a whole series of dressing rooms, mm-hmm. and uh, there was this little girl running from dressing room number five to dressing room number eight, back and forth, back and forth. Every time she got to dressing room number eight, she would burst out in laughter. She'd run back and forth and back and forth. And all of a sudden I heard um, a voice from inside one of the dressing rooms, and the voice said, Sammy, stop running. You're going to have an accident. Uh... Now, it was her grandmother. The Uh... grandmother didn't say anything mean or terrible or horrible or she wasn't abusive or she was caring about her granddaughter of course but what happened was that all of a sudden her enthusiasm Mm -hmm. was dimmed a little yeah yeah right so she stopped going back to room number five and stayed at room number eight all of a sudden you could see that her physicality got tightened up Mm -hmm. and restrained Mm. right now again the grandmother intended to do good Right, to protect her. But what happens is that we get messages of who wants to have an accident. Oh, that's dangerous. I don't want to have an accident. Or I don't want my grandmother to tell me 
you know, anything bad. I want her approval, not her reprimand. And so these things begin to add up to create our beliefs about how the world operates and what's right and wrong and what we should be doing, where, when, how, etc. And many times they form limitations for us. They constrain us. And we're not even aware that it's happening. Right, of course, of and, course, because we're little kids, right? And and even as we're growing up, it's just because it's, it's something we're exposed to on a day-to-day basis, so it's just natural for us. Right, so we don't know that people are doing it to us, and we don't know we do it to others. We don't know that it's yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, because we're not conscious of it. Right. Wow, wow, okay. Cool, all right, well, you know what? It's time for us to take another break. Uh, when we come back, let, let's kind of, you know, take these things and, and, and let's now apply it to, like, today's world, to, like, how uh, when you work with professionals and entrepreneurs, how these same concepts really apply to what they're trying to accomplish in their life and, and in their business, okay? Okay. Beautiful, Kim. So, everybody, of course, uh, please stay tuned. If anyone would like to call in and ask him or myself your own questions, our call-in number is 877-480-4120. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant, and I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Give her eternity and 
she would want to die And if you give her your soul Well, she will want your heart Don't even go there, no Don't even start And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And my guest this hour is Kim, I'm I'm getting it wrong, Addis, um, from Canada, right? Europe North. That's right. I'm in Toronto. In Toronto. Ah, We love Toronto here because uh, one of our practitioners here at the Wellness Center is a naturopath from Toronto. So Torontoans are very welcome here. Uh, see, the Americans, Americans call it Toronto. People who live in Toronto call it Toronto. Toronto. No uh, <laughs> ah, gotcha. Corrected. Toronto. All right, Toronto. cool. So um, we were just talking before about that example you saw of, of in the dressing room, the little girl running back and yep. forth and the grandmother kind of warning. Let's take that example and now put it into something for grown-ups. Well, so here's the thing is that grown-ups are no different from that little girl, except they have many, 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 many more years of messages in their system right. that play on their uh, beliefs, play on their perspectives, and ultimately their behaviors. Right. right. And so there are that many more limitations that they live with without being conscious of it. Mm. Right? So things right. like, I've got to do this on my own. I can't ask for help. Right. What will people think of me? Right. This isn't right. I shouldn't do that. I need mm. to be polite. I can't right. ask for what I want. On and on and on. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. different for every person, but every person grows up with this uh, barrage of messages that are deeply lodged into their system and play havoc with their ability to truly thrive and reach their goals. Right. Like, don't rock the boat. Don't stand out in the crowd. Exactly. Right, right. So don't how speak do you, too loud. Right, don't speak too loud. Right, right don't, 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 don't make a mess of things. That's right. So how do you recognize, and then once you recognize, then how do you sort of change the, the, the mindset around it when you're working with adults? You know, how do you know when somebody, you know, is in the office, they're doing okay, but they're not really, quote-unquote, living up to their potential or doing as well as they would like? How do you, how do you trace it back to, you know, what are the unconscious um, limitations that are holding them back? So when we coach people, what we do is we look at their thinking patterns mm-hmm. through the process of journaling. Mm. So, at the be- so we start with a 10-week coaching period. There's a call once a week. Every call is recorded so that the client can listen to the recording, mm-hmm. and they could hear their language, their tone, their emotional state, mm-hmm. the way that they feel when they have a conversation with their coach. So they begin to observe their own thinking. Mm-hmm. And then every single day for the duration of the coaching period, they are asked to journal in, an, in a private online journal with their coach. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the week, they get a journaling prompt or a question, and that gets okay. the ball rolling. Uh-huh. So the client will answer the question. Their answer will go to the coach who keeps digging and drilling down by asking more and more uh, questions related to the original journal. And so what we're getting at is that and the coaches, of course, are very, very well trained to right. get to the heart of the matter and see these overarching beliefs that stop, mm. like completely close up the client and prevent them from reaching the goals they want to reach. Uh, and what we do is wow. we shine a light on them and we... and. First of all, just shining the light does a tremendous 
job in terms of loosening it up, right. but then we also challenge those beliefs and replace the beliefs with with beliefs or thoughts, ideas that are far more empowering and useful. Wow, wow, cool. So I take it that 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 journaling piece back and forth—that's that journal engine software that you created. That's correct. So we created wow. a piece of software, really, so that we could use it for our own clients. Wow, wow. And and so, uh, how did you come to realize that the the journaling was a way was was a very effective way to kind of get at these patterns? Again, you know, I journaled when I went through a tough time, and I started to see that in the journal, I was really just expressing everything, like there was no holding back. Mm. And uh, I thought for myself, when I first started coaching, it's been already 10 years, I thought Mm. if I could get into the hearts and minds of my clients and really understand what drives them, Mm. then I could really make a difference in their lives. How do I get that all the time? Because a one-hour conversation just isn't enough. I right. need more data. Right. Right. I need more contact. I need more information. I need to see what's happening in between mm. calls. It's not enough for me to just have a one call at a time, one hour, once a week. I need more. Right. And so I, I thought, I'm going to experiment here, and I'm going to ask my clients to journal. So from the very, uh. very beginning of when I started coaching, I asked my clients to journal in an online journal. What I didn't know was how powerful it would be. And so it doesn't only equip me as the coach to deliver extraordinary coaching, but when a client journals every day, what's happening is all of a sudden they become aware of how they think because they can see it. It's in front of them, away from their own minds. The second thing is they see their own change over time. Right. Right, right, because it's documented. If I take a client into week 10 and I say, go back and read what you wrote in week one, you know, they're shocked at how much they changed and developed over a very, very short time period. And then the other thing is that when they work on something every day, they're going to make progress. When they work on it with a coach, their progress is accelerated. Mm. And, And then there's one more really critical piece, which is, if you look at Olympic athletes, how often are they with their coach? Every day, hours a day. Right. And you see Olympic athletes. That's right. the caliber Massive of their change. skill set. Well, when you work with a coach through the journal every day, their mind muscle gets developed at an accelerated rate. Uh, and you see what, we're, what, what is akin to Olympic athletes in the area of mind mastery. Uh, I see. So the coaches are, are reviewing and checking in sort of every day as the person is, uh, makes their entry. Every day. So there's uh-huh. a uh, contact with the coach every day. You're digging every day. Sometimes there's contact with your coach multiple times a day. Uh-huh. But the relationship that b- gets built between the coach and the client is very intense. It's very intimate. And that relationship is crucial for for really traveling a, a distance. Wow, wow, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that sounds very intense. I've, I've uh, worked with a number of different coaches. I've never had anything quite that, um, I don't want to say structured, because it's not about the structure, but that intense or that uh, deep, uh, that kind of, that something, a tool that really fostered that kind of deep relationship with the coach. Right. And, and, and I think that that's super important mm. to really allow the client to show who they truly are and undo, like get their cloaks off, mm, right? Strip right. down and get to the core and then take a major leap forward. Right. So, so like kind of once you identify sort of what are these underlying limiting beliefs and patterns and stuff, have you found over the years like they're 
they're just sort of certain categories of limiting patterns that like everybody has or like, you know, out of 10 people, two are going to have this one, five are going to have that one, three are going to have this one? We, we don't really categorize it like no. that, but okay. we certainly do see commonalities nice. between people. Okay. You know, people feel like they're, uh, you know, a driver for many, many people is they're limited by what other people will think. So the, the the opinions of others right. matter way more than their own opinion. Right. We see that as a very common theme. We right. see themes of not feeling worthy of things. Mm. We see themes of restraint because they believe they're supposed to behave a certain way. Right. We see um, a limitation in, in in beliefs around resources, what's mm. accessible to them. Right. 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 So yeah. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. don't think they have enough money, time, help. Uh, right. people around them, mm-hmm. not enough friends, not enough, right. not enough, not enough. Right. We see that over and over right, and over right, again. Right. So, so once you're able to kind of identify or see what the patterns are, the individual's able to see it, how long does it typically, I mean, I know everybody's an individual, and this is probably an overgeneralization, but is there a way to kind of say, like, how long it takes somebody to really start to shift that pattern? Because I imagine, uh, just based on my own experience and hearing what you do, that this must be a a bit quicker than sort of the traditional sort of coaching methodology that people use. It's unbelievably fast. Like, learning happens so fast. Mm. So, so fast. And what happens also is because the learning happens fast, results happen fast. So we don't have to manage the behaviors of our clients We have to look at their thinking, and when their thinking shifts, their behaviors automatically follow. Right. Right. So so what kinds of of people do you work with? I mean, is this something just for entrepreneurs and, like, highly paid professionals, or, or, or do you have a wide range of people who you touch with this system? We do work with a wide range of people, but we're really interested in working with highly driven individuals, people who aren't happy with a mediocre life, people who really are committed to living an extraordinary life and have huge goals they want to achieve. That's our client. Gotcha, gotcha. So, I mean, and this, and those huge goals don't necessarily have to be around business or career necessarily. They could be around relationships or other things? Could be around anything. Could oh, be around okay. parenting. Could be around relationships. Oh. Could be around revenue generation, business mm. growth, leadership, team building, marriage, divorce, um, aging parents, you name it. Right, right, right. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, so... Wow. And, and so you've been doing this now for over 10 years? Yeah, I, we're coming around to 10 years this year. Oh, congratulations. That's wonderful. Um, and, and so uh, when you initially sort of started this, uh, I mean, was there like an aha moment that said, you know, rather than be an entrepreneur, I want to be a coach or I shouldn't say rather, but in addition to that, I also want to coach other people to help them to be successful. Or was it just something you know, that naturally it, flowed honestly, from? Some people are just naturally... Uh, compelled to do certain Mm -hmm. things, that was me. You know, I was just naturally compelled to try this on and see where it took me. And so at the beginning, when I first coached Mm -hmm. anybody, I said, it's going to be, it's a pilot. I don't know exactly what I'm doing. Let me try it out. And luckily people gave me a chance. Wow. And and at what point was there something that drove you to say, you know what, I want to train other people because I'm having such great results. I want to train others and, and affect more lives that way. Yeah. So for me, there were two, two aspects related to training others. 
part one was I wanted to grow a business. I just mm-hmm. I didn't want to just have a coaching practice. I wanted right. to have a business. Right. So in order to have a business, you can't be the only one doing all the work. Right. right? You can't be the only one um, <laughs> exactly. serving the client. Right. And so I slowly started to grow a team so that I could serve more people within the company. Right. But at the same time, I was also asked by uh, the International Coaching Federation to share the concept of journaling with uh, all the coaches that I could possibly reach. Oh. And so, you know, just showing them how it works, why mm. it works this way, how it transforms the coaching experience, how results come more quickly, how it equips you as a coach. And mm. so I was asked to do a lot of workshops and teleseminars for coaches worldwide on oh. how to incorporate journaling in a coaching process. Wow, wow, cool. Cool. All right. I got a question around that. I'll ask you. We just got to take another break. And when we come back, also I want you to let people know in case people are interested, um, how they can learn more about the work that you do. So um, everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Shine it all around Do 
And uh, welcome back. You've been listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, with our guest, Kim Addis. And uh, Kim, I, I just wanted to kind of follow up on what we were just talking about in the last segment of how you got asked by the International Coaching Federation to kind of teach people about journaling, journaling and your methodology and stuff, which is a, a gr- tremendous honor because there are so many coaches with so many systems out there. That's not uh, a very common thing. Um, did you find that, that I guess after that point that the people who started coming to you to be trained were people who, let's say, were already coaches and, and so they wanted to step up their game and be better at what they do and learn your methodology or, or did you really, most of the people that come and learn your methodology are people who, um, were just doing something else and, and maybe had a coach and loved it and, and wanted to, to learn under you for how to become a coach? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, through ICF, it's generally coaches who are already coaches that want to... uh, Coaches have certain challenges that they're confronted with, and one of the biggest challenges is how do I really truly make a difference in someone's life? How do I really ensure that I I make an impact? And journaling is uh, absolutely a significant tool that helps make that happen. Mm. Having said that, those coaches that are on my team have all been through their own frame of mind coaching experience, fell uh, in love with it, and said, how do I do this? Gotcha. So those are two different groups of people. Gotcha. So, so the people who are sort of product of the product, so to speak, and then other people who you know, kind of already were doing stuff and, and really wanted to step up the, the game to a higher level. Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, can you give us some examples of... of just to uh, briefly to, to give the audience some idea of of what kinds of, of changes you've seen in in some clients maybe you know two different like very different uh, ways they've applied the this methodology and, and for success. Of course, I'll give you an example. One client um, I've been working with her for about five years, and that's mm-hmm. not normal. I usually mm-hmm. just work with them for ten weeks, but she's been with oh, me for really? a long just time. Oh, really? Just ten weeks? Wow. Okay. Yeah, um, but at the beginning when she came. To me, she came uh, actually through a referral, and I we spent an hour together. And she told me her situation. She was the executive vice president of a very significant company, and she was acting president at the time. And during her tenure as acting president, her results were really outstanding. Revenue was high, profitability was at its highest point ever. And she just found out when she spoke to me that day that they were looking externally to fill the role of president on a permanent basis. And she was absolutely devastated. One of the questions I asked her in that one call was, did you ask for the job? And she said no. (laughs) The reason she didn't ask for the job is she thought that her work spoke for itself. She thought that her performance spoke for itself. She thought that it wasn't polite to ask. She thought it wasn't gracious. She expected to be noticed and naturally given the position. And when she wasn't, she was completely uh, destroyed. Devastated, yeah. And so... Right? So, you know, I mean, what we're seeing right off the bat is the beliefs that create limitations for people over the period of time that we've worked together. Basically, she left that job after 25 years, got hired into another role, became president of that company, but her confidence has completely changed, completely. Mm. You know, so even those people in the highest level roles still have perhaps some self-doubt. And what we see is when we start to address their thinking and their beliefs, that starts to shift. Right, right. 
Wow. Yeah, no, that can, it's a tremendous way. And, you know, it's interesting you point out that this is someone who's already successful in her own right, but still, just because you're successful in some way by external societal definition, that does not mean that there are still not struggles. It still does not mean that the person is fulfilled and that maybe they feel there's something that they need to work on. And this is a great example of, you know, someone who had something that obviously limited her and then once she worked on it was able to you know, do even more, be more satisfied or happier with what she was able to achieve. Right. And and so that's an example in a work setting. I'll give you another example in a much right. more personal setting. Mm-hmm. I worked with a gentleman who owned a, an accounting firm, right. and uh, he did quite well professionally, but one of the questions I asked him when we first started coaching was, more than anything, what is it that you really, really want? Because right. the, the, the ideology is we want to help people always be aware of and focused on what they want rather than what they don't, right? right. You talked about that earlier on in, when we first started this, uh, this, Broadcast, this yeah. conversation. Yes. And uh, what he said was, what I want more than anything is to really be intimate and connected with my wife. It, it's more important mm. to me than work. It's more important to me than, than any other factor. Mm. I want to be connected and intimate with my wife. Mm. Well, maybe three weeks into coaching, um, in his journal, he shared with me that he got into a massive fight with his wife because mm-hmm. they didn't agree on a disciplinary tactic for their son. Uh-huh. She was much more lenient than he thought she should be. Right. And he was so upset at what she did. She let him do something that he didn't want the child to do. Mm-hmm. And he was so upset, so, so upset that he went and he slept in another room. Ooh. And all I did was I said, hey, you know, I don't know if you remember this conversation, but I remember when we first started coaching, you said <laughs> what you really, really wanted was to be close and intimate with your wife. Mm. Does sleeping in the other room accomplish that goal? <laughs> right? Yeah, no, not really. No. <laughs> right? And so often our behaviors don't really display our deepest desires. They don't mm. match. Right. Right. right, because something in our thinking clouds our behaviors, clouds right. what we, you know, we forget right. Right. what we want. Right. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, no, that's a great, great example because you know that, it, you know, sometimes we're, we're we're so in our own way we forget. <laughs> that like totally. we're the ones who have power over our choices. So we, we've only got a couple of minutes left. I, I do want to ask you just if there's a real quick maybe tip or or wor- word of advice you could give our audience of something they can do to start beginning, to, you know, just to work on shifting their own mindset. Absolutely. I'm going to give you um, three journaling questions. And you okay. can pick this up. There's an actual journaling worksheet that you can use. Oh, wonderful. If you go to gottagojournal.com. Okay. Or journalworksheet.com. That's that's a better one. Journalworksheet.com. Okay. And it's the, I'll give you these three questions, and you'll find these on the journal worksheet, so you could just download it. Uh-huh. But question number one is, what do you really, really, really want more than <laughs> anything? And those can, things can be tangible or intangible. doesn't matter, but write it out. Write it out in sentences. Write down everything you can think of. Right. The second question is, how will your life be impacted if you have those things? What's going to change for you? How's it going to make you feel to have those things that you really, really want? And the third question is, what's stopping you from having it? Mm. And again, write all the reasons why you still don't have what you really, really want. Right. And um, you could download that worksheet. And mm-hmm. if you wish, 
you can ask or request a coach to review that worksheet and your actual journals with you. Wonderful, wonderful. Oh, excellent. I love those three questions. Those are great ones. Um, okay, listen, we're, we're just running short on time. So real quickly, I want people to be able to get in touch with you if they, they're interested in learning more. What's, what's your website, Kim, and, and how do people find you? Website is www.frameofmindcoaching.com. That's again, frameofmindcoaching.com. Okay. And there's a ton of information there, videos, testimonials, blogs, like you name it, it's all there. Ah, wonderful. Okay, so that's frameofmindcoaching.com, all one word. Correct. Thank you so much, Kim. I really, really appreciate you. (coughs) Excuse me. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come on the show today. It's been a pleasure having you, and I I really learned a lot, which is great. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was great spending the time with you, and uh, love to do it any other time if you're up for it. Okay, wonderful. And and you got to let me know if you ever make it to the Big Apple. Okay, come you're to on. New York City. All right, wonderful, Kim. Listen, you have a great week, and uh, I look forward to hearing uh, from you in the future. Okay, thanks so much. All right, take care now. And everybody, uh, thank uh, thank you for listening. It's been a wonderful show. Um, Coming up next week, I just want to give you guys a little uh, forewarning because I'm doing something a little special next week. I'm actually going to have three guests in studio who are all theta healers. Some of you may be familiar with the healing modality known as theta healing. took a little while to kind of get this scheduled out, but I'm going to have three local practitioners who work in the Theta Healing Center of New York City come in to all discuss of theta healing. This is something that I've also been trained in my So that should be quite an interesting show. Of course, now please stay tuned. Coming up next, your favorite actor, Kevin Barbaro, with his show Coffee Talk 3.0. More about his adventures in life. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. But when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183 That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures 
Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern right here at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at monty at montytaylor.com. That's monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at montytaylor.com. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network, 